Oh, is this your web? Is this your like, new webcam? Yeah. Like it does like the nice like auto. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. It's it's good. You for should hold up a Nickelback picture to do that. Um, <laughs> what did you what did you say, Mike? <laughs> I actually got it from my I got it from my OnlyFans. It's just it's just people pay uh, nine dollars a month to watch me mix podcasts. Sometimes he wears a shirt, sometimes he doesn't. It's great. Someone he sometimes he wears tight shirts and and, and, and spanks and all that stuff. It all depends. Sponsored by the Blackheart. Anyway, should we do the second? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by R- R- Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria, uh, Mark Fangmeyer, Corey Shreppel. Hi guys, how are you? Hello. It's uh, it's uh, end of the season time. We're going to do some, uh, we've got the playoffs coming up, but we've got a special podcast that is just us looking back at the season. We've got awards we're going to give out. Um, everyone really looks forward to our awards. We've got... Uh, We'll have speeches from all the winners because we've got you know Bebelo and everyone on the on the Zoom call. Obviously, it's some, all, it's some cherished hardware, is yeah. what it is. They'll they'll do uh, you know walks up and give give speeches. Um, so uh, yeah, but before we get to that, we're gonna we're gonna do little bits and pieces here um, in terms of uh, Jan Gregush, Robin Lud out on international duty along with uh, Ramon Metinier and Kai Kamara. But uh, but these two dudes, they got they bagged some goals. They each bagged a goal uh, in uh, UEFA Nations League, which um, is still a thing that I can't explain and don't understand. But it is a it's a bona fide thing that happens in international breaks. Um, congratulations first to Gregush. Uh, not only did he get a goal against Scotland, um, but in the previous game, uh, his team qualified for the Euros next summer. So. Uh, Boom! It's uh, everything's coming up, uh, Grey Goose. But he oh, got that, a, that's my favorite sandwich. The everything's coming up, Grey Goose. No, the, the euros. Oh, good, excellent joke. Yeah, um, great. Moving on. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me go so get d- my drum set. We can just totally do that. Um, so who who's, who saw this goal? I tried to look it up later, and then discovered that seventy percent or ninety nine percent of um things labeled Jan Gregush goal or things like that are actually some dude just talking into a into YouTube. So uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> kind of like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But imagine, uh, imagine so Googling the, Jan Gregush goal and seeing our asshole face. <laughs> so like uh, the, the Gregush goal was, you know, pretty much a um, uh, classic vintage uh, Jan Gregush goal. Um, There's a deflection coming out of the box. Um, Kim Murphy was like one or two touches from some of his teammates, uh, top of the box. They squared it to Gray Goosh and he was on like the the right side of goal and just let it rip low really hard um to the to the far left post. And you know, just a classic Jan Gray Goosh goal or strike that he tries to execute with us. The thing he dreams about and, and attempts every time and it only happens in his mind. 
but we yeah. will talk about when it does happen. Uh, um, Robin Lude gets a, also a stereotypical Robin Lude goal, which is um, it's it's like it's not a garbage goal, but it's just a Johnny on the spot um, type goal. He's a fox in the box. I don't but fox in the box. Yeah, it, it's in that genre. <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a variation on the theme of, of fox in the box. Um, but he's been in the t- tin. I don't know. Elude in the mood. Ooh, elude <laughs> in the mood. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, rhyming seems to go well for us tonight. Um, so uh, they both have games on Wednesday, and then uh, um, we're, we're about to we're going to talk about this uh, preview of the playoff game this weekend. And uh, Adrian Heath had this, um, you know, it seemed to indicate that maybe they would be available like they could do something and then he made some weird comment that you know i'm i'm in my uh zen thing of don't talk about things that comments that coaches made but it was very funny as if he was like being sarcastic about covid and it's just like it's a global camp pandemic buddy like what are you gonna do they gotta they're playing a game on wednesday you want them to play on sunday they're gonna be here on thursday uh they you know they gotta test negative anyway um so but they're gonna be they're gonna be coming back for that um met and kai i think both play on thursday um i'm going off the top of my head so they definitely you know won't be back in time for the game uh to play um uh but let's talk about this game sunday 6 6 30 p.m uh against colorado rapids in minnesota it's gonna be cold uh, it's going to be awesome, and uh, we're going to be missing quite a few players there um, be- between that and injuries. We obviously don't know how Ozzy and, and people are doing, but what do, what do you guys expect to see this weekend? Um, I mean, it, it's funny, like, I, and maybe I'm forgetting this, but I feel like when we played Colorado earlier in the season, I think when we were in Orlando, they were missing a bunch of guys. I think they were suspended or whatever, and it feels like, it doesn't matter what team shows up or even what players show up when these two teams get together. It's just like a dirty, just like knock them around kind of game. And it always ends within a goal of each other. And that's about it. Like, and it just gets to the point where like you can see the bad blood between the two teams. And that's kind of all that I'm expecting is just like, it's, it kind of feels like, I don't know if any of you guys are hockey fans but like back in the day when like the north stars would play the blackhawks like it's kind of that kind of rivalry where it the quality of the game that's played isn't of the highest but you can tell the two teams just hate each other and i kind of am there for it we haven't had a red card in this game in a little while nor have we had any assistant coaches or benched players uh spraying water uh on uh opposition players uh this game in the past used to be quite exciting this, this yeah, we don't we don't have any children of staffers or coaches on the team anymore yeah no, that, that, that we know of but that that said Miguel Ibarra usually had like he had a red card against them a couple of years ago and yeah there was uh lots of stuff with Jack Price and them um so we're expecting something feisty that'll be great who did, who did toy have a red card against Remember the spitting incident? Was that Colorado? Oh man, oh, that's like literally 
That was like nine years ago. Lost in my <laughs> yeah, toys, 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 thirty two now, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone can go look that up while we we talk about the rest of this. But what what do you guys expect, um, Rodrigo? You and I think argued about this last uh, podcast, and we're going to do it again. Uh, but you know, the main question mark is well, two main question marks. If you have Ozzy, then things are better. But the central midfield and without Gregush and possibly Ozzy, and then right back without Metinier. Um, I think in the last podcast I made the case that um, Dotson is the, the the only one who can actually play that position, other than Marlon Hairston, um, and so it made sense to move Dotson back there um, for for the safest hands or or Hairston, uh, I suppose. Um, but uh, what do you expect the lineup to look like, Rodrigo? I'll, I'll go to you. Well, um, without Ozzy, it makes makes we don't know. But if we're planning with Ozzy, for me, it'll be Schoenfeld, Molina on the left because he can mm-hmm. play on the left, Bebelo in the middle, and Finley on the right because Finley can only play on the right at this moment. Then I think it it, it goes into uh, Dotson for sure, and um, if we if specifically if we don't know if Gregor is going to play, so Dotson, if Ozzy's playing, Ozzy, if not. Jacory, um, I assume. Hayes, you're right. If and then you go Gasper, Aha, Boxo, and Debasi. That's where I would go. Yeah, that's that's where I just I I can't I don't know why you play a left back who's never played a, a right back there. I mean, uh, as a right back, that that's where I I think I'd say you try it. Like what? That's what I said on the on the last show. It's like let's do an in, an inverted uh, inverted right back. Fair enough. It's all in the hips, man. It's all in the hips. Um, the other thing too is we've seen how like gritty Aha and Boxville are, and how on set pieces Aha has been more prevalent to getting close to hitting the ball than than Boxville and anybody else in there. So I think for that for that specific reason, you, you I would put Aha over Debasi in 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 the center back role, and Debasi has been doing great running up and down the the lines and. We I will see no he does not get along with Molino playing on that left. So make him play with someone who makes runs on the right. And 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 the other thing with that is, you know, Ozzy isn't a surefire thing. It looked like what what happened? Let's let's do the let's play the game. If Ozzy's not gonna be there, I think you do a Dotson Hayes in the center and you do put Debasi at, at right back. And you know, you take what you can get. I think I'd rather have uh Harrison right back. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll see. We shall find out on Sunday. But uh, okay, I, I want to know why though. Why why Harrison is right back over the Because he played right back before, as opposed to Debasi, who is the one the right one game he played. This no, he played season, right back he was for horrible. Colorado Rapids. At, yeah, he played right back for Colorado. I mean, he was a right back. So I, I, I mean, he's only been used as a central midfielder by Adrian Heath. Um, and you know how good this guy, that guy is at figuring out they're just prime location first try with a player. <laughs> um, I So is it fair to say that losing those four players, potentially five if Ozzy's not fit, um, that we go into this uh, game uh, potentially as, are we underdogs or what does that, what does that give to our chances here? I, I don't think so. I, I, I think we'll be a little less effective in with our back line, but I, I have confidence in whatever center back pairing, if it's Boxel Aha, Boxel Debasi, 
Um, I'm confident with our depth in the midfield, and I think our attack is just fine. Schoenfeld is no more or less effective than Kai Kamara. Um, I did like the lineup where Lud was our <laughs> forward. Um, I, for me, missing Robin Lud is is the biggest issue of all of the the international players right now. Interesting. Even, even more so than Metinair. Yeah, no, Robin Lude has kind of been, I mean, if you look at his minutes this year, he's been like our journeyman, Ironman kind of guy. Like he can just, I, I, and I think it goes back to like even preseason, like when they were doing all of like the beep tests or whatever, he was winning all of them in like preseason, which I mean, and it shows like the guy can just go forever. And I mean, if you look at the number of matches that he's played the full 90, it's ridiculous compared to like the rest of our attacking midfielders. And so, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a tough loss for us is not having Robin Lude there just because, especially on the right side where he's been most effective. It also means that um, the options for uh, game-changing attacking players are very minimal. You know, that leaves basically, assuming we go with one of these lineups, it leaves uh, Marlon Hairston, Raheem Edwards, who's been on the outs, I'm going to say it, Tomas Chacon, <laughs> Uh, and who else? I mean, there's not. Oh, we, we, I'm sorry. The uh, the Reno 911 guys. So you've got uh, um, uh, Finding Forrester, uh, De- De- Dexter Poindexter. Yep. Uh, 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 Oscar, Oscar, Oscar and... Paredes. And um, I literally, I don't know. I don't know who they are. They're guys. Wait, could, could I, oh, one, one of the Reno <laughs> 911 guys played at like left back and right back? He could actually fill in for Metinair. It wasn't Partido, it was the other guy. Yeah, no, Partido plays a, as as a as a six, I believe. Yeah, the um the guy Gibel Gledo Gledo whatever Sam Gledo yeah, Sam Gledo Sam Gledo and then um and Langstorff is the forward, right? So it's part- Kevin Partida, Sam Glito, and I forget the Foster, uh, Foster, yeah. Foster the yeah. people. Yeah. No, but like, the thing is, like, how great would it be just for like a like to just highlight the entire season if with all those guys gone, all of the guys that you just mentioned, and all of the people that actually come on as subs are all the Reno nine one one guys who've never played for us before. <laughs> like Chacon doesn't come on, Edwards doesn't come on, no they one comes on. Group, it's just all the Reno nine one one guys. It's all the guys they, they who have really grew, earned. They all group horn stashes and have aviators. Yeah. <laughs> they all come on at the same time. It's like a three person right, sub. Right. They it, all... it would justify our, our, our uh, awards <laughs> later on if that happens. <laughs> um, do you? So, uh, how confident are we going to win this? No. Rodrigo? No, you're not. I mean, on top of like the four guys we're missing international, dude, you just, I mean, go back. We're like also still missing like Ike. I'm like literally like half of our starting lineup from when we started the season is gone. Like we should have no expectation of winning a playoff game. Rodrigo? Uh, I think we, we win. We're at home. I think you, you, you've been able to see what four attacking minded players look like. And I think, um, I think the last game that they had, they have some confidence in that last game where we actually was probably one of the most complete games we've had. Um, and I, I think um, a full 90 out of um, out of Reynoso is what we are asking for this game now. I think that's what you need. You need a full full 90 uh, and, and, and people be making runs. I think uh, if Finley is not working, you put in an Edwards, someone with the same capability of doing the same things. I think... Uh, you know, if Molino is not working, then you, you can shift people around and, and bring in 
and probably bring some of the other players. Um, you know, probably try the Reno number one guys. I think. I think the only question is forward, right? What happens if? Because we have not seen Schoenfeld go more than sixty. You have Foster, and the so people who, who's going to come in. Who do you put up top? Do you put Molino up top, right? And let him just do do all the running around and and do all that, or that that is my question. Because you know, as much as I love to see Chacon, I don't. There's nothing here telling us that they'll, 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 he'll play him for any reason. I'm hoping he makes a 20, but that's about as hopeful as I am so far. Yeah. Uh, Corey, do you have a... Yeah, I think we'll win. I think it'll be 2-1. 2-1 Minnesota. I'm feeling... It'll be 1-1 the whole fucking game, and then... So who's going to score for us? Fucking Ethan Finley, goals. man. Um, Kevin Molino. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a yeah yeah. I'll I'll go I'll I'll ride that I'll ride that train. It's going to be a Finley brace. <laughs> no, oh. Finley and Hayes is what it's going to be. Oh, there we go. Give me the give me the. All right. They, they both assist each other. All right. So three of us believe in a win. Uh, one of us is a hater and uh, going to be have his picture printed out by uh, Sam the intern so that uh, Adrian Heath can put your picture up on the wall. This is just my ploy to get on the bulletin board. He had his fucking blogger. He, he says, y'all are shite. I said y'all, because Adrian Heath says y'all. Right, because they say y'all, right? He picked right, that up they in, say when he was Austin Aztec's uh, coach. Oh, yes, yeah. guys. Anyway, uh, all right. So that's going to be Sunday, 6.30. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, okay. is, is this thing going to be broadcasted on national TV, or we have to figure out another way to get onto it? It is on ESPN. Yeah, ESPN. Oh, okay. All right, good. ESPN. Um, yeah, and then we'll have, I think, pretty much all the um, uh, playoff games on it at Blackheart. Um, and so let's take a break and uh, time to do some more. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing a tuxedo. You're wearing a tuxedo. I hope everyone at home is wearing a tuxedo. Uh, it is time for the 2020 551 awards uh you guys excited for this you ready okay i am yeah here we go we have uh, a bunch of different categories that we created for this year um some of them are categories that i create that i've i've had going for a while um but i don't know if we've done like really official awards previously um i actually never remember this podcast after i record it i'm usually uh just blackout drunk um so the first one is uh, the Jermaine Ter- the Jermaine Taylor Endowed Chair for a veteran who inexplicably gets a young player's minutes and then gets released at the end of the year. So the nominees this year are Kai Kamara. That's it. <laughs> so, and the winner is Kai Kamara. We didn't have anyone else, right? I mean, we we discussed this, and there there was just like no one else in here to 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 throw in, right? Except for like, yeah. Yeah. for the Reno nine one one guys, but yeah, yeah. yeah well, we don't know. They, we'll not. we'll redo this podcast next week. But those guys are twenty five, so they don't fall into the Jermaine Taylor, oh, uh, the veteran. Who's, yeah, who's the guy who was also Jermaine Taylor? Tyrone Mears. Tyrone Mears. Tyrone Mears. Uh, a camp of of uh, you know, weirdness. Um, so Kai Kamara. Uh, anyone have anything to say? We're going to talk more about him, but uh, anything you have to say about this, specifically this role? It's because he replaced then Mason Toy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's supposed to come into a situation that's perfect for him because all we do is cross the ball a lot. 
And it turns out we just don't even need a striker. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> this this, this put out there is cursed, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then let's go to um, the breakout player of the year. Uh, the nominees this year were um, Robin Lud, Dane St. Clair, uh, Chase Gasper, Michael Boxall, and Goalposts. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's go with the the winner is um, Robin Lud. Yeah, congratulations, Robin. Um, uh, we we've long hated you on this podcast. Uh, we've had a thing for hating you, and uh, and so I disagree with that. We we've never hated Robin Lude. We've hated where he's been played. It's a joke. No, he I'm was joking being because we've actually oh. never hated him. Even last year, it was I'm not going to judge him until he's had because he arrived halfway through the season, and it was right. why is he getting minutes over other players when he's not doing well? That was it. But you give me. The breakout uh, case here, Mark, because you're 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 gonna you've, yeah. you've long had a, a lude on for lude. I mean, my entire thing has been, why did it take? <laughs> I, I see what you did there too. <laughs> uh, no, my whole thing with him is like, why did it take Adrian Heath a year to play him in the position that he's always that he's been played at most successfully prior to coming to Minnesota, and. You know, basically it took, again, uh, which is, you know, par for the course of Adrian Heath. It wasn't anything that Adrian Heath did. It was Ethan Finley getting injured and having to find someone to play on the right. And lo and behold, Robin Lude plays very well on the right. And, I mean, if you just look at all of his goals that he scored, I mean, in MLS play this year, he's had, what is it, one, two, three, four, six goals in MLS play, not counting the tournaments stuff uh and all but um one of those were on the right like he's this where he scores this is where he works and honestly he's earning his paycheck like he, I, I, he last year when i saw that he made as much as uh pity martinez i was like what the fuck but it turns out i mean he's still not quite i mean well pity martinez isn't even as good as pity martinez used to be but uh it turns out he's earning his paycheck. He, uh, you know, is no longer the highest paid player on the team, which maybe that helped him a little bit. The Reynoso juice coming in, being like, "Oh, you took all the uh, pressure off of me. Now I can just score goals." But I dig him. Yeah, what's funny is after he scored um, in international play this week, a, a, a Finn was in my mentions um, talking about him, and I asked him like, "Does he? He? As far as I know, he always plays on the right." For uh for Finland and he's like yep he's like okay I wonder why like why it didn't happen um but but I guess you know let's let's use this time to to praise I I certainly um had a, like tons of frustration with him even in the few, first few months of this season because he got a couple goals you know early on in the season but but just didn't wasn't contributing to the rest of the team and then he got moved to the right. And even now when he like moves around the pitch, he's just more confident. So I, I think it was moving to the right, but it was also like he gets, he got shunted back to the left a couple games ago and he was fine. He was, he's not as good, but like he was just, when he came to this team all of last season and then felt like the first two months of this season or 
two months, whatever, first few games of the season, he was doing lots of uh, back passes, lots of really safe possession play, stuff that we saw Miguel doing, which is fine when it's like Miguel, when he's like a squad player, but not fine when he's your number one, when you, he's your highest played, paid player. But this year, he just, he went with it and he, he was great. And, uh, you know, I think that this pod unironically is, is load stands. Um, I want to give a brief case. You guys all voted for Robin Lud. Uh, the minority vote goes here to Dane St. Clair. I voted for him. He made his debut on September 6th after the 3-0 loss to Houston. He kept a sheet, clean sheet in that uh, 4-0 drubbing of uh, Rail Salt Lake, and he's kept the the, the position since then. I think, uh, I think that, you know, if we talk about a player getting a chance and then just making it, making it his own. Some of it is like pure devil worship, whatever he does to keep that ball out of the net. I don't care if it's like, he's only okay at making saves, but you know, at some point he sold his soul to the devil and balls cannot go past him. I I don't care. Do what you have to do to win. And his is, you know, he, he can't sing anymore. He can't speak, actually, uh, but you know he gets to, or, or he has to have the frosted curls for the rest of his life. Oh, is that it? I guess actually we should figure out what he had to sacrifice, what he had to give up, because <laughs> I have heard him speak, and it is very, his voice is very, very weird. But um, yeah, I wonder what he gave up. Well, anyway, um, next category, newcomer of the year, the. Uh, nominees this year were um, Emmanuel Reynoso, uh, Jose Aja, um, Jacory Hayes, Raheem Edwards, um, Luis Amaria, um, and Bakari Debasi. Um, and oh, I did skip a category. Sorry, guys. Um, and this was pretty unanimous. This was obviously Bebelo, um, Corey. Uh, Congratulations, Bebelo, I want to say it. But, uh, Corey, you, you, you can give the uh, the speech. I mean, after all of the Delta Sky Miles that we've been tracking over months and, the, <laughs> and like, that just kept us occupied for the first, like, two and a half months of this year, um, it's been a relief to see him come into the team. But really, he um, his vision... Um, the spark that he brings to our attack, what he unlocks in the other players, which I think is arguably more important than his own um, skill set in terms of goal scoring capabilities, gore scoring. Um, Lud just took off because of him. Molino has just skyrocketed because of him. His vision is fantastic. His interplay is great. Um, he's as it should be, he's the guy that our team is going to be built around for the next couple of seasons, at least. Um, it's, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a situation like Lloyd last year, where he comes halfway, comes in halfway through the season yeah. and just can't acclimate. And we're going to think that he's a bust. Um, that is obviously not true. He's got six assists in a, what a two thirds of a season of a truncated season season. Um, I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do for us next year. And also through the playoffs, he's healthy and um, he's recovered from the Rona and uh, we'll see what happens. The Rona made him stronger. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so, um, new. Um, sorry, I skipped to this. Comeback player of the year. Um, the nominees this year were and comeback player is is a bit odd. Um, uh, so Robin Lud was up there. Um, I'm, he wasn't quite coming back. It's finally breaking out. But Ethan Finley and Kevin Molino. Kevin Molino was our nominee uh, in the MLS category, which seems odd for MLS to have that category. But um, the winner is Kevin Molino. And um, I'm the one who I guess gets to talk about him because um, he he's he's coming back from, you know, two years ago was the big ACL injury. Last year, he only got 1,000 minutes. He hasn't fully been able to get a, f- a full, complete year. Maybe that's just his what his career is going to be, you know, um, dealing with nagging issues. Um, last year he got a thousand minutes this year. He's got, uh, 1300 minutes basically, but he has nine goals, four assists. Um, we said at the beginning of the season, um, one of the things that we're going to live and die by this year is if Kevin Molino can be the big contributor, right? We didn't have a striker. We lost a striker. We had to get goals from somewhere. We had to get production and, um, Molino was a big part of that. So, um, I think what's funny is that um, it's almost a breakout thing, but we've known from the beginning he was he was our our first marquee player, even though he was a um, kind of B level marquee player. Um, uh, and and from the beginning he's he's kind of played that important role. So uh, congratulations, Kevin. I hope you um, hope you uh, really enjoy this award being given to you. Um, Young player of the year, and we decided that was 23 and under, which only includes four people on the team, which is Fred Emmings. So nominees, Fred Emmings, uh, 16-year-old, 23-year-old Dane St. Clair, 23-year-old Hassani Dotson, and uh, timeless but young, youthful uh, Tomas Chacon, who is somewhere between 14 and 21. I don't know. I was going to say 35. Yeah, but- he's somewhere in there. Um, the, this was a Benjamin button thing. Yeah, this was unanimous. Dane St. Clair, uh, wins the award. Uh, Rodrigo, you, you've been, uh, I, I don't know what we call Dane, uh, stands or, or fans. Uh, but we should have a, a name for people who are in love with Dane St. Clair. But, um, Rodrigo, do you want to, you want to give the speech? Dane St. Clair from when we drafted him, we saw the potential. Not only was he playing, but he was also represented in his national team, Canada. So, so international experience is always big. I was excited because I've always liked when we were able to build up a goalie. And unfortunately, this out of this season, this was the weirdest season we've had for goalies. We um, could not get uh, our our MLS player or our MVP player of, of our goalie from last year. Um, and we, we got Miller and with Miller, we also got, um, we also got, uh, you know, the death was low enough for him that we actually had to loan him out. We had to loan St. Clair out. Right. And then we ended up signing two other more goalies and because of injuries and because of a Miller injury, he rose up to be able to step up and get an opportunity. And and in this club, we don't get a lot of chances for young players to be able to try to take an opportunity. And like you've said before, you know, he, he did it. He took up, 
like he has still a lot to learn. Like I feel sometimes he comes out too much and too soon, and that's something that he'll gain experience. But he's 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 getting better at, at doing the things, and his reaction is, is is great. There's been several times where he saved uh, saved goals from his fingertips or just um, you know save them and or knock them out of the way or just barely touch them so it slows them down. So. Uh, uh, a certain player will come in and head it out of the goal. I mean, we've had many of those. Plus, the Saints are on his side. I mean, there's been a ball that should have been a goal. There's been a ball that's been saved. I don't know how many times the post has saved them, but it, you know, he, it's 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 like magic realism in a sense. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for him. I hope you know next year. I think he should be in the running for starting and then um, make really. Being really good competition, Miller at least, depending on his uh, rehab and everything else. Goalkeeping is goalkeeper is such a weird position. It's like so you know, young people don't get chances that much, and he's not that young, right? He's we're talking about the young player of the year, but um, but the great thing about him this year is he he just he never had a bad game, right? Um, he gave up goals that like okay, you could have done better, right? But he never had a yip. Uh, I don't think maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, having a poor memory here, but um, congratulations. Yeah, you didn't have a Tyler. Uh... <laughs> oh, Tyler Miller's. I'm going to cut out the angle and fake you're going this oh, way and yeah, then just leave the whole goal open for you. Um, yeah, but we didn't know if Tyler was hurt at that time because exactly. it was literally right after yeah. the tournament where he was like, you know, yeah. he's going to surgery. So yeah. we don't know if that was something because that's the really weird thing to see happen. Like right, someone come out and try to come back out. So, I get the benefit of the doubt on 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 Tyler for that aspect of it. But yeah, overall, I mean, he's he's come out and he's played and he's able to you know, average maybe one or one and a half goals per game against. I think that's that's all you ask for a defense that we have is is yeah. no more than two goals. Um, the Tomas Chacon Award for player whose position within the club most clearly reveals the fundamental problem of the club. We have two nominees, Tomas Chacon and Raheem Edwards. Uh, this was a stalemate. Uh, we had Rodrigo and myself voting for Tomas Chacon and, uh, and Corey and Mark voting for Edwards. Um, Corey, you want to you wanna give the case for Edwards here? Yeah. Um, you, you look at our preseason. Preseason isn't always a, a great metric, but... This season, it, it looked like it, it was. We were getting some cohesion, and Raheem Edwards was the thing all of us were just getting super hot over. And he was a great sub in a lot of our early matches. He's making the the runs to the far post. He's he's doing all of those solid fundamental things, especially in where we were playing him on the left wing or as a sub for Ethan Finley um, because we hadn't yet had the uh the revelation to move Lud over to the right um well we hadn't i mean we had but yes you know it's 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 all of our burden um we should all be ashamed of ourselves um and <laughs> so um but what problem i guess the the great question for this award is what yeah, fundamental problem do you think he reveals the, the, the fundamental problem of the club that he reveals specifically is that you have a tried and true hard hard worker who can move around the pitch as a super sub as a second tier um you know you you have an injury you can start this guy who has proven himself 
especially in those early matches when there was no team cohesion, that he was hustling, he was scoring goals or setting up goals or creating those those chances. And it was an immediate drop-off. And we were all still baffled. It's, you know, to paraphrase his his tweet, just shake my head. Yep. Um the the other uh the other tie went to Tomas Chacon. Um Rodrigo, I'll I'll leave this to you. What what fundamental problem does Tomas Chacon reveal about this club? I think the fact that we can't uh we have yet, yet to figure out how we are going to bring a young DP and build them up to be successful on the field and, and contribute part of the team. I I still don't get it. I mean, nowadays we 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 get excited if he makes a twenty, right? Uh, or if not, we're looking for pictures of him on in the boxes at Allianz or anywhere else that he's that may be playing at. And I think, you know, we've seen the things that he can do. We've been witnessing to some of those preseason games when he gets put in a position where he can make things happen, right? And I think, just like Edwards. In a sense, is is that this is you know, there's something else going on that we don't know about. And and when you have your own coach come up and 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 admit that this is a player with talent and address the the questions or the concerns or the inquiries about why aren't we using this player, um, and and, and you know, and not really have a solid answer, it, it really speaks to the aspect of. What are we doing to develop young players? Did we get lucky with Mason Toy, right? Did we get lucky with Dodson, right? Are we getting lucky with Sinclair, right? What are, what are, what are these things where these players are be able to succeed that others are not? And I think that's that's the thing, and, and that's the most frustrating thing is that is, is that to me is is that he, you see the talent and and who knows what's going to happen to him next year, um, and and we'll see where we are. So. Yeah, the, there's a there's frustrating things that we've we've said before, but um, but among them is anytime you have one of these big signings, and and he is a you know he's an upcoming star, so he was a biggish signing, right? Um, it signals to future signings or existing players, right? Is this where I want to go play? Am I going to get developed? Um, if I, am I going to be like uh, Almiron goes to Atlanta? Does really well, gets sold for a lot of money to to England. South American players want to go to Atlanta now. They probably would have wanted to go there because the money's good anyway, etc. Um, but that kind of stuff matters, right? It matters if you're developing young players and putting them through like New York Red Bulls for getting someone like Caden Clark to to join your team and to to want to commit to you. So those those kind of things like. You need to create a club that people want to be at. It's it's not enough to just be a club and have a nice stadium, et cetera. Um, so that that I think is is a, a fundamental problem there that that we need to the team needs to figure out. And you know, um, we, we uh, did we talk about the um, the Jim Curtin uh, interview on uh, Extra Time Radio on the last podcast? We didn't do that. Okay, I'll do it briefly here. Um, Jim Curtin was on MLS uh, Extra Time a week and a half ago or something like that. Um, and he talked about how um, 
they he he talked about the vision of the club. We're going to bring in players. We're going to do X, Y, and Z with them. We're we've got this academy. We've spent this money on, etc. We want to have Brendan Aronson is going uh, to Salzburg. We think Mark McKenzie is going to leave, and he's going to go for about the same amount. We will now have paid off that seven-year investment of the academy. We've got these other players who are coming in. And he's talking about when we see a player like Aronson go, we all succeed. All of the players, all of us are working together. The vision that he talked about for the club is something that, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people with the team over the years since the early Minnesota United days, the MLS days. And it was like, what do you want to be? What do you want this club to look like? And no one has been able to articulate it. And hearing Jim Curtin say that was just, it was amazing. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm often hard on the team for this, but it's because it's out there. And the real thing is that they've got Ernst Tanner, Ernst Tanner, who's um, bringing in players. They have a, a, a strategic vision from top. I don't see that from anyone. I don't know who is setting that vision, et cetera. And so I, I think that, you know, this is about Thomas Chacon and his award. So I want him to cherish it. But, um, but uh, really, it's like listening to that Jim Curtin interview was, I usually skip over all, all coach interviews, but this is a good one. So um, I've got one more award before the break. This is, <clears throat> this is a big one. This is the Jeff Reuter Memorial Award for a player who will show up three years from now when Jeff comes on the podcast to tell us some weird story about how this player ended up at the Loons in the first place. So this is a player who's going to be uh, a, a particularly good, um, a good one to have uh, in your pocket for the remember this guy uh, um, game that that everyone loves to play about this team. Um, the winner, the nominees were um, I don't even know their fucking first names. Guys. Zendejas, don't know his first name. Doug, Doug Zendejas, Doug Gleedle, Doug Partida, Doug Langsdorf. Doug Billingsley and Doug Gregory Ranjiting. That's only because someone actually wrote Greg uh, in the notes. Uh, that's because I, for the longest time, all most of the season, I just referred to him as Greg because I didn't want to learn how to pronounce his last name. Fair. You'll need to learn how to uh, pronounce his last name when you play uh, Remember This Guy. Um, so the winner is... Uh, Greg Ranjit Singh. So, um, uh, Mark, why don't you uh, why don't you give the pr- present the award? Oh, this guy. I mean, what is not to love about him? He, um, we signed him as our backup goalkeeper to Tyler Miller. Um, Tyler Miller, you know, after the uh, MLS's back tournament goes down injured, it's his big chance, and he starts for us starting in. Um, uh, against uh, Sporting Kansas City uh, back in um, August. And in the three matches that he started, he had a total of 270 minutes all season in those three matches. It's just unfortunate. Uh, 22 shots on target against him. Um, he gave up eight goals. He, um, and it wasn't his fault. Like, like, they weren't... He actually had a lot of saves. It's just like, oh, just brutalness. Like, it was the 
post-MLS's back tournament hangover where our defense didn't show up and nothing was there. And you felt for the guy. And then out of the blue comes Dane St. Clair to start instead because it mixed something up. And God's anointed son comes down and starts. And all of a sudden, the posts come out in in glory and everything is being saved literally and figuratively and the saints come it's beautiful and i feel for the guy and um and then he gets injured in training (laughs) and is lost for the rest of the season and we have to sign another guy who i don't remember his name um zendejas doug yeah zendejas doug Uh, who was my who that he was my vote because i feel like um you know, there's always we we talk about Alex Cap, um, uh, the other guy, all these guys who, for that when Jeff was on the podcast and and, and we played, uh, um, remember that guy, um, that uh, <laughs> and with Alex Schieferdecker too, um, yeah. So there there's some great names that that'll be thrown in. Uh, um, Corey, your vote was for Noah Billingsley. You wanna who did get into the game last game? So. Yeah, that's that's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be the the Jeff is going to bring up the the COVID season mm-hmm. and the the eight minutes of uh, Michael Boxel's fellow Kiwi coming in as as a super undersub or something, and it's just going to you know, or he's going to be uh, the guy that got COVID with Chase Casper, like yeah, who knows. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break. We're going to come back with the underachiever of the year. Back on the 55 on podcast. That's right. It's the underachiever of the year is our next award that we're going with. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the awards so far? You feeling good? Yeah. I mean, it's very nice of them to put unlimited champagne on all of our tables. It's yeah, it's, it's really good. The election is rigged. That's all I know. This whole thing. <laughs> all right. So, underachiever of the year, nominees this year Roman Metanier, Mason Toy, Chase Gasper, Kai Kamara. Uh, this was a split. This is another split. So, we've, we've got two. It's a joint award. Um, we've got uh, Roman Metanier and Kai Kamara uh, getting the awards together. Um, uh, Rodrigo, why don't you give the case for Roman? We've known of, of fallen in love with a metaneer who was very smart on the ball, rarely lost the ball, and was very good at nonstop energy and 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 smart in the aspect of it. And who was our um um wasn't he the MLS MVP for our team or the MLS selected all star, right? Yeah, Roman. Yeah. And so so like from going from that, the expectation is that this this is going to be a good player and it's going to be a continued level of success. And this year has not been that year. It started off maybe the first two games that was decent, but throughout the Orlando tournament and throughout um, throughout this whole COVID season, it's been really up and down. There's been moments where he's decent, and there are moments where he's bad and i think that's that's and scary and the thing i think i think that's one of the things that that really concerns me like all his crosses like i never would complain so much about his crosses but his crosses have not been on target as much as as, as it was last year you know like and specifically when we signed kai komara we were like oh yeah so we'll just have metanier across the balls and we'll get goals and 
that never happened. So I, I mean, like he is really talented and he's essential, and he really works well on the on on the right side to be able to create gaps and create runs. But you need to be he needs to be able to be surrounded by by a uh, a group that that is willing to recognize that and do that for him. Uh, and and right now he's he's not he's not peaking where we need him to. So his his defensive work also is not. Uh, the, yeah, uh, no, it's not. It he's been getting beat too, as well too. That, so and that, him you know, chase. The cross thing was a problem even last year when he was great, but now it's now it's also also frustrating to see. Um, next, uh, oh, and then Kakamara was the the joint winner. Um, uh, I, I just wanted to point out that Mason Toy had 478 minutes for us and two goals. Kai has had 458 minutes and one goal, and it was a PK. Um, and so, right? Am I getting that right? Once I said it, I like doubt that is it. correct. Okay, sometimes I use my memory, and that's a stupid idea. Um, so, uh, I, I just think that we had really everyone lauded the signing, <clears throat> and we're going to talk about it for the signings up uh, ahead. But um, he just hadn't hasn't delivered. And I know that it, it's kind of minuscule compared to how much Metnir has played, but uh, he was he was at least. Mark, that though you were you voted with me on that. So, um, next category is savviest signing, best signing of the year. Um, nominees were Aaron Schoenfeld, Jacory Hayes, Raheem Edwards, Jose Aha, Bakai Debasi, and Marlon Hairston. Uh, plus the Reno nine one one guys. Uh, I can't forget them. Doug, Doug, and Doug. Um, plus uh, Reynoso too, right? We signed him. I don't know. We didn't I guess. I guess. Yeah. Emmanuel Reynoso. <laughs> Yeah. He just was in a different category. Manuel I don't Reynoso. think it's savvy when you just sign a super high multi-million. Uh, so, well, he's a nominee uh, yeah. regardless. And the winner is Ja'Cory Hayes. Corey, you want to you wanna give the speech? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know what to make of Ja'Cory Hayes' uh, showings in uh, the, the early matches, but when we started getting injuries to, to Ozzy and... Um, you know, Grey Goosh got a red card and any other number of things. Uh, he just proved to be super solid in the midfield. Um, uh, just a, a, a killer engine, just runs himself right into the ground. So he's clearly becoming a, a, a favorite under Heath. Um, but he's had some incredible assists and incredible passes and incredible vision to just go find the game and play off of other people. Um, I, 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 I still think he's an underdog um, in terms of our, our lineup, but if he's going to stick around, I could see him becoming um, like a really, really important player for this team. Uh, if he's given the chance to do so. And if he has a future with us, um, I'm just super, super impressed with him, And I'm glad that we got him. Yep. He makes me forget John Gregus, so there it is. <laughs> oh, it's that anti-Slovak uh, 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 sentiment of this podcast. Um, the uh, the next match between four young Gregus on Wednesday is against uh, Czech Republic, my people. So uh, I'm I'm very very excited for uh, Jan to Johnny Gregus to be uh, to be terrible. So no Slovakian roots on this pod. Mark, no, okay, good. Uh, no, no German no. and Polish. But will you have kolaches at the bar then for the match? If I could get a fucking good, <laughs> you know what? I'll work on a recipe. 
Uh, I have a recipe at home, so I, I I will. I did I was did work at a uh, Kolach bakery in Texas when I lived there. So all right, I'm going out of touch here. What is it? Plural Kolach or the Kolachi? I have no idea. Uh, you pronounce it different ways. I grew up saying Kolachi. It's probably more. I think it's more Kolachka. And so uh, in Texas, it's Kolachi. Kolachi, yo. Um, yeah, and they have savory ones. You want, which you want, make any yeah, sense they to me. got. Uh, uh, jalapeno colaches and uh yeah anyway um some of the savory ones are pretty good even though they're like sacrosanct and and i've got yeah. like i, I also don't like the poppy seeds in your teeth it's just not yeah no is it better than an empanada uh no Ooh, no, no it's no, more no, like no. a danish you know no yeah have you had you've never had uh colach uh rodrigo no i'll no, work I on a recipe not. i will i will deliver some this week and then i'll have some at the bar um so okay, Corey, Corey, can you make empanadas, Corey? I, I could probably figure it out, but I, I haven't made them in the past. You just need some lard, make, right? Just just make some empanadas and just get on your bike and just deliver it to all of us. I'll just just open up your windows and I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, what are we doing? We're doing uh, oh, biggest bust. Uh, um, this is a new signing that flopped. Um, nominees were Kai Kamara, uh, Luis Amaria, Tyler Miller, um, I guess any of the other people who, who signed this year. Um, the winner for this one is Kai Kamara. Congratulations, Kai. Um, Mark, you want to? Yeah, I mean, basically are. when you're comparing the three main ones, which are, you know, uh, Kai, uh, Amaria, and Miller, at least Amaria and Miller were, were setbacks due to injury. Kai just didn't work. Like it, and it's it's nothing against him. It just didn't work in the system. It just didn't work, and it was a big bust. I don't really have a whole lot to say. Like I, I actually kind of feel bad for him coming into this. Like it seemed like a great situation for him, and it just did not work. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't. I, I, I still think Kai's great, but he's just has not has not worked out so far. So. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not mad at him, you know, just want, I just want, want him to do better. Um, toughest son of the bitch, son of a bitch on the pitch. Uh, nominees are Jose Aha, Michael Boxall, Tyler Miller, uh, Ozzy Alonzo, uh, young Greg when his head is bleeding. Uh, the winner is Michael Boxall. Who had we didn't divvy this one up? Who's giving the speech for Michael Boxall? I can do it. Yeah, do it. the the dude is great. I mean, he played the entire season with a separated shoulder. Uh, the only reason he missed any time playing is because he needed stitches after hitting the goalpost. Like the dude is just amazing. After and, covering himself in glory to clear a ball, just yeah, yeah. Like he's so, and also he's like. Seems like a super, like the nicest dude in the world too. Yeah. Like with everything, like because I, I remember going back. Uh, was it? Um, was oh when Oz, I think it was when Ozzy got subbed on, uh, and Michael wasn't Michael Boxer the captain, and Ozzy got subbed on, and then went and gave the arm, captain armband to Ozzy in like the whatever the twenty six minute whenever he came in. Yeah, it was when it was when Dotson got his uh, right. Yeah, like. He's just a super super stand up guy. I mean, he, and I think also he has a badass because he is the the Ozzy is the captain, but he is a nice human being. I get you. Yeah, yeah, and he, and also and he has and he's great on social media. Like, every, there's nothing about Michael Boxel to dislike, and 
the dude, you could punch him in the face and he would just like smile at you and shake your hand. Maybe. No, he'd be, he'd, he'd no, punch he you would, back. He yeah, yeah, kill he'd, you. he'd kill no, you. He'd well, kill you. Uh, but he <laughs> is like, a great human being. Stand up. Uh, and um, I, I will say the only, I did not vote for him just because I knew I wanted to give one vote for the Tyler, for, to Tyler Miller just for the penalty save and then the mustache the mm-hmm. mustache uh it was too beautiful i was re-watching a bunch of stuff today to get all my notes i was like i have to at some point we have to talk about that that was probably one of the greatest moments of the season yeah if it wasn't for boxo my vote would have gone to ethan family so he is he is a tough son of a bitch um, the way that he runs, he runs hard, and also the fact that he's been injured so many times this season. Yeah. I mean, when he played through that gash that he got at the at the Orlando game, and like later on, we're like, "Oh, it looks like he just got scratched." And later, we saw a picture; and it's a big old gash. I was he like, ran "Wow!" Over the, when he ran over the uh, the three D the three D yeah, barrier, yeah, supposed to protect players. Anyway, yeah. uh, the Ibsen Award for most Ibsonic play on the pitch. Uh, this goes to. Uh, Pedro Gasper, uh, who immediately disappeared after uh, this. Um, but this was the breaking ankles um, game against uh, Orlando, where, um, well, well I'll, I'll let you, who, is this you, Corey, or Mark? Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, we're, we're all just going to end up gushing over it, but... Uh, Describe the game to me. Yeah, I mean... Actually, Mark, why don't you take it? Because I can't. Yeah, no, his so <laughs> he, <had> the, <laughs> he was uh he Corey's was coming down the, up at recipes. He's coming down the sideline against Orlando and was going against uh Ruan. And he had like just doing one-on-one with them. And he's just like playing the ball back and forth and eventually like does this like like kind of beats him a little bit, but then drops back and then does it again and just makes him just fall on his ass and just blows by him. And it's so beautiful. And um and it was the day after uh he did like his like spin maneuver against um uh Columbus in the same in the, in the tournament in the um quarterfinals. And it was yeah, it's like I, again, it's unfortunate it kind of fell off from there because we haven't really seen Pedro since then. He left like, Pe- Pedro is in Orlando. I think basically Pedro was like uh, I can go party in Orlando. Why am I coming back to uh, he, Minneapolis? Pedro, yeah. Pedro Gasper can only come out if it's above 80 degrees Fahrenheit, 90% humidity, and he went shopping at downtown Disney right before yeah. the game of the match. Matt, Matt Doyle, basically for like the, the Columbus thing, he goes, this man is like the fifth string U.S. men's national team left back, which is to say I like the direction the player pool is heading. That's the one where he just destroyed the the – the Columbus players. And then after that, for the, the Orlando one, he goes, Minnesota United's eliminated, but I'll always remember this as it's a tournament during which we discovered how much freaking sauce chase Gasper has. I mean, uh, you, you guys remember, it, it may, some of you may not follow basketball, but when Alan Iverson came in and, and the crossover kind of like got reinvented and he would just cross over people and people would just break their ankles. It's literally what it was. He shifted the ball from one side of his leg to the other and back again. So he just crossed over Ruan and just left him dead. The only problem is we didn't, we didn't do anything with that situation. Oh, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, it it doesn't matter. It it was only for the sexual gratification that it provided. Uh, We're going to the goal of the year. Now we're getting to the really big one, guys. Goal of the year. We have a bunch of nominees. We'll drop these in the show show notes. Um, 
but um, let's go to. We won't give the 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 official award yet because I want to describe the the two that came runners up. Um, my nomination was for Jan Gregush's goal against um, San Jose, March seventh. So this was the second game of the year. Um, this was um, when Amaria was in. Um, Boxall intercepts the ball. Amaria counters, lays it off for Gregush, who releases Amaria, who runs at the offense, lays it off again to Gregush at the corner of the box, and it's just a worm burner to the far post. Um, the reason I love this goal was one of my favorites is um, we had Gregush shots afterwards, and it was like pre-pandemic, so we could like hang out with each other, and um, and I don't remember much of the 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 night. Um, but also that um, I, it, watching this again today, reminded me how much Amaria potential there was, right? Before he, before basically he then got injured and then tried to play a bit and was definitely not as good. Um, he is involved so much with the play that um, when we all talked about how much we loved what Robin Lud was doing as, as this false nine or what Molino, et cetera, um, I really want to see Amaria again. Um, and it made me kind of, but also I just loved the goal from Gregush. Um, it just was a great counterattacking goal. It was when in this period after those first two games, remember the, the four of us were talking about how much we dreamed of this counterattacking team and it was working. So that, that's, that's it. Um, Rodrigo, you've got a lewd goal that you want to, uh, that, that was your vote. Yeah, I mean, this was the the lewd goal that literally solidified the reason why we want lewd played on the right side, right? I think it was, um, it was a play started with Molino on a counterattack. Then the ball went into the middle of Dotson. Dotson is able to to jump or, or jump over the the defender and then with uh, he's falling down push the ball to the to the right where you have a running uh, a running lude who hits it with his left first time and bends that ball where the goal the goalie can't keep it and we've and like as much as we've said I think my reason why this is my favorite is not only for the build up and the passing but the fact that when lude is on the right he's already set up to go inward and 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 have his favorite foot ready to let go, and that's one of those things that that you want to have, right? And 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 I think this opportunity proved the idea to me that this is where he needs to be, and 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 whoever else was watching also hopefully understood that he is better on the right side for this reason, right? Any ball coming to him is is as a potential for a goal, and he wasn't the only one that he scored, and I think it was part of this build up was confidence. So once now that he scored several goals, he can play. He can he can be okay playing at a different position. But it was this key goal for me that set up the rest of the season for him. And then the winner uh, is uh, Corey and, and Mark. You you voted for this, but Corey, you're going to take it. This is a Kevin Molino's goal on September 9th against uh, FC Dallas. Uh, Corey, give it, give the yeah. speech. So this is, I think, one of the prettiest goals that we've had in our MLS history, um, at least. It was this turnover in midfield um, against FC Dallas. Um, Robin Lude is taking the ball. He passes it up to Reynoso, uh, who lays it off. Who, who First of all, he's drawing all the defenders to him, which allows him to lay off the ball to uh, Reynoso, uh, to Metnir, who's making a run to the edge of the box. And he and then Metnir just, and it's all one touch. Just uh, 
you know, cuts it back to Molina, who's making the run from midfield and just one touches it, you know, from, you know, seven, eight yards out. And it was just boom, 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 turnover, one, two, three, four passes. And you could just see this like fluid motion. Robin Lud is pulling defenders. Reynoso is pulling defenders. Metnir is getting into uh, his slot on the right side. And it was just the the vision from everyone. It's It was a, the first time that we all just, kind of looked around and went, what did we just see? Is this, um, is this what the the future of this team could be if everybody's firing on, on all cylinders? And um, again, I think it was one of the, the, the prettiest team goals of the season. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it too, is that if you watch the goal, Mason toy is also wide open on the far post and there's just so many options for uh, Metnair right there when he, for the final cross he needed to go to Molino or to Toy and like and God Mettner's ball to Molino is like perfect like if you see like and, and, the defenders and, and, they're all within about a couple in, as they're reaching for his ball to try to block his pass they're all within about an inch of it it's just it somehow gets through it's just perfect and and the best part about that is is watching I, I watched it half a dozen times and each player who's making a run is drawing other defenders and putting themselves in a position to accept the ball if if that's going to be the right pass and also to be in the right spot should be should there be a deflection from a defender or the or the opposing team's keeper it was just that was perfection from our attacking team a further uh, a, a few other a further a few other uh, good nominees for this um, that we had were um, we had uh, Reynoso's first goal, um, which came in the last game um, from the top of the box. We had Robin Lude against on November 4th against Chicago, where um, Calvo loses his mark uh, and Lude just heads it in. That That's more of just a, just a you know, personal thing. Um, we had uh, Ethan Finley's goal uh, against Houston on October 18th. This one for uh, best pass. Um, and this was because uh, it comes from Jacory Hayes, um, where um, Finley makes this diagonal run. Hayes threads the ball through the midfield behind the the center back. Finley finishes with a great chip, so it was a pretty damn good goal. But I think we we wanted to to. I think that was a left footed chip yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and so superb pass, probably one of the best of the year. Um, other nominees for goals were Hassani Dotson's uh, only banger of the year. A rocket from the top of the box against uh, FC Dallas on October or on August 29th. Um, and then uh, the last one being the um, the first goal that Ike uh, scored against San Jose. He's still our, our uh, tied for our fifth uh, uh, highest goal scorer this year. Yep, um, number five. So March 7th against San Jose. This one, the first one, it's just to the far near post and he just rockets it in um, and superb goal. Um, And then, uh, and toy his, his only goal against FC Dallas, which was a, a great um, left foot uh, um, Meg Meg. of the goal. Yeah. That was awesome. Halud was able to intercept the ball with the pressure over Reynoso and they just got the ball out to the left side of space and he left footed, put it in. That, that was beautiful goal. Happy for, for toy and, also getting the assist in the game um, against DC was it right that they uh, that they were able to qualify to, to actually play in the play-ins for the Eastern Conference. So yeah, 
Um, best game of the year. The nominees are the March 1st opener against Portland, the 5-2 win over San Jose, the 4-1 win over San Jose in uh, on August 1st, um, the September 6th 4-0 win over RSL, and the 3-0 win on November 8th against uh, Dallas, so our last game. Um, the winner is... August first, the four-one win uh, over San Jose. Um, the this was you know in the quarterfinals of the um, MLS is back tournament. Um, uh, Minnesota scored two goals in in two minutes in in the nineteenth and twenty-first minute. They were absolutely rampant. Uh, San Jose couldn't cope. There was a a crappy PK awarded against Chicoria Hayes um, in this game. But it was just a, a superb performance, um, and 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 one of those where it's just like when Heath and and company can put together a game plan against when they can have someone's number, they really can have it, and they have San Jose's number absolutely this year. Um, the other uh, the other vote getters were um, uh, Corey. You want to you want to talk about the the Brielle Salt Lake four nil win? Yeah, it was a four nil clean sheet. Um, it's just everybody everybody looked good. Um, it, you know, our attack was firing on all cylinders. Our midfield was, um, you know, we were playing out of the back really well. Um, we were really tidy in defense. It was just, um, not necessarily that anybody in particular stood out more than anything else. It was just a collective team effort where everybody was, was in sync with one another. And that's not something that we were going to get this season, due to you know uh the the tournament the the stoppage and um you know injuries and just the condensed schedule of the season so it was just a a huge a huge team win i thought it was our most complete performance um this season rodrigo you you voted for the november 8th uh dallas win i think it's because we this team has been in several situations where the game was meaningful, right? And and meaning, winning it could have been meaning certain different things. We remember the SKC game when we played and we lost 1-0. Um, that was a game that we were playing for, for, for top spot to be able to do that. And this game meant a lot. It was our last game, our home game. And it, and it, it, it could mean us being either in fifth or sixth. Or, or fourth, right? A home playoff game. Um, and this was probably like those previous games are all great games, but those was prior to the Reynoso era. And this is the first the first time that we've had a Reynoso start and stay for most of the game and have most of our attacking players in a situation where they can be successful. So to me, this was to me, to me, this game was the most um, complete game that we've played. And I think Going into a postseason, that gives you the confidence to be able to be more successful. Worst game of the year. Um, we had basically two two games we talked about. One is the three nil loss at Houston, and then the one nil loss at uh, Sporting Kansas City. Um, we all voted for the three nil loss at Houston. Quintero scored. Uh, Ariel Lassiter uh, scored two. Um, we started with James Musa at center back. Uh, this was uh, a um, Doug. Greg Ranjit Singh um, special. Um, it, it was a it was bad game. Um, I, I don't know if anyone actually wants to relive it. It just sucked. It was one of those so, where it's. Lud was on the right though. He was. He was <laughs> so, you know, hey, 
Data points are data points, man. Yeah. It um, sucks. We've got a, a couple of final points here that we want to hit. Worst story of the season season um, is just to say missing Ike for almost the entire season, missing Luisa Maria for almost the entire season. Um, having, you know, Ozzy is someone that we kind of all knew was going to be, uh, that him being out for a lot of the season was not really surprising. Um, but losing those two, and, and like I said, with Amaria, just made me think like, oh, what could this season have been? Um, thank God, Jose Aha, particularly Michael Boxall really stepped up. But Jose Aha, who you know we talked about in the beginning of the season, like Heath's description to him to the newspaper reporters was like, oh yeah, he's a player. He's played soccer before. Um, we basically thought he was brought in as like Thomas Chacon's uh, mate um, uh, guy um, who would get uh, Chacon the mate. Um, uh, did not work out that way. Just, um, just because they keep it on the on the high shelves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention went to everyone in the front office complaining about all the away matches on the schedule, uh, finding any excuse this year uh, to 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 blame. Um, the weirdest story of the season. There's two nominees for this: the uh, gentleman's agreement for uh, Kai Kamara, which I assume is not in play uh, this weekend, but Kai's away anyway, so maybe it was in play, and they were like, okay, just go play for Sierra Leone. Um, and then signing three uh, Reno 911 players uh, for before the you know second last game of the season, um, and now they're going to lead us to MLS Cup glory. Um, Wait, so so do you think the Loons said yes to letting Kai Kamara go because there is this no. gentleman agreement? No, I, ma I made a joke. I'm, it's a joke. No, I'm saying it could be. I'm not. I'm not saying it's far fetched. I'm saying there's, there there might be some value behind that. No, he if he wanted to, he wanted to go play for Sierra Leone again because um, uh, you know there's a new coach there and a better situation. They wouldn't have said no to Kai if Kai wanted to go. Uh, I, I don't. But I mean, he's like he's like forty. He's only gonna get like how many more call ups? Seventeen. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna keep on riding it, man. Yeah, he's gonna um, play until he's a coach. Yep. Uh, so I want to finish with this. We're going to have a like much more looking forward podcast toward, you know, once this is all over player with the biggest expectations for next year's, meaning who needs to up their game, whether that means, um, they were okay this year and they need to be much better next year or, uh, or, or however you interpret it. Um, I, I just want to go around to each of you, Corey, why don't you jump in first? If you've got a, uh, yeah. The, no. Um, I, I think given where Ozzy is this year, um, I think Hassani Dotson has to have a breakout season next year. Um, I think he's got to be a, a, a commander in our midfield. Um, you know, we, we, you know, you can talk about Amaria and what, what, what could have been, he's, he's injured like crazy. I think we need to figure out and Dotson needs to figure out what kind of player he's going to be. Um, he's got such a high ceiling. Um, that I want to see what he's really going to bring to this team. Is he somebody that we're going to try to spin off to a European team in, a, in another season or two or three, or is he going to be someone that we're going to start thinking about as a, as a, as a permanent piece to this squad um, or for the next he, seasons? Or will he stall out and exactly, yeah. exactly. I think, I think this next season is going to be uh, huge for him. Yeah. Um, uh, Rodrigo, do you want to do you want to go on your uh, player who needs to break out next year, or who needs to 
up their game for next year? I mean, I think I, I think Dodson needs to do that, but I think more than anyone who left me more wondering what could have been has always been Amarilla, just for the aspect of what we saw in those first two games. Uh, and and after that, we, we we weren't able to see much of it. We only saw one goal in, in, in the tournament. And it's going to be interesting um, because uh, I think, you know, with the way that we are playing now with Reynoso, it's it's going to be interesting to see if we actually do need a forward in the aspect of how do we going to do that. But I think Amarija is, is probably the one that has the most work to do. Um, to be able to validate, and that's if he, and that's if he signs, the sign him back. But the fact that he's had surgery here, my my, my feeling is that they're gonna sign him back um, because he would be, him and Shonfu would be the only two returning forwards that we would have. So then that's that's the only thing I I, I can see that. And so um, yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree, especially because I mean, assuming if Amaria does come back. It either means that one, the team reworked out his loan, so he's just going to extend his since you know call whatever the season is, whatever it is, and just say the his loan season is just going to be next season. Or it means that if they couldn't work out that deal, that Minnesota has bought his option. Either way, the expectations are going to be huge because either is going back to square one and having to prove himself, especially now that we've seen those first two games, and it's tough to hold a guy. To 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 everything you know about him that is positive, thinking he's going to be just like those two matches. So he, he has high expectations of that, or we just bought his option and now we're stuck with him, and he has to mm-hmm. show um, what he's worth. And either way, the expectations are going to be sky high for him. Either way, they're going to have to sign a couple of strikers anyway. I mean, they've got a lot of recruitment to do in the off season, um, and it'll be interesting. My nominee here or is, don't sign any strikers. Yeah, no, well, fuck it. Just um, sign a bunch of uh, right-wingers that were playing the left, and then we'll just see where they go. Yep. Right. Um, play play Moneyball, the version soccer, right? Yeah, they, that's the dream. Uh, Chase Gasper is not my nominee here. I think that um, we don't need Chase to be Pedro all the time, right? We don't need the the the, the sexy leg-breaking, ankle-breaking stuff. It's hilarious. Um, but we do need a left-back who's not getting killed, who's not getting beaten, especially the first half of the season. Remember, he... There were a couple times where he gave up PKs, almost gave up a PK here and there. Just he's getting beaten a lot. Um, and if you're a young guy, you need to earn that. You need to prove that that you don't need to be replaced. And certainly, Minnesota is not going to prioritize left back as a position they need to fill. Um, but uh, but he needs to up his game so that they don't eye that and be like, all right, well, we need a better long term uh, target here. Um, so that's it. Those are the, those are the categories. Um, we're going to, you know, do a little bit more recapping and particularly looking forward um, uh, as the season draws to an end. But obviously this Sunday we've got um, Minnesota United versus Colorado Rapids. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it, everybody. Congratulations on your awards. Um, you know, Everyone, everyone really worked hard for these, uh, particularly the people who were underachievers and bus and everything. Um, but uh, Rodrigo, Mark, Corey, thanks, guys, and uh, listeners. We'll be back next uh, next week, like we always are. Yeah.